introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, pitches it. This. To oh, Mo Williams. Touchdown. You got a big Welcome back to a special edition of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. As you all know, training camp has been going on for a little while now, and um, things are a little bit different with the coverage that we normally get to give you here, either at Climbing the Pocket or at Daily Norseman. But our man, Eric Thompson, has been there every day, bringing us all the coverage that everyone has come to know and love from Daily Norseman. And so we decided we'd have him on. Get a recap of the activities that have been going on to date at training camp. So, Eric, my man, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. It's been an interesting camp so far. Lots of information we can glean, and uh, I'm excited for the big night practice tomorrow. Yeah, man. So, I guess start us at the very beginning because you are a veteran at this whole training camp thing. You've been doing it for a little while. But for those of us who haven't had the opportunity, haven't had the privilege of going to a, tr- a training camp, session can you lay out for us what a typical day at training camp looks like well the this is the second year at tco and it's a little more uh it's a little more sanitized i guess i would say than the years that i covered in mankato a little more fan friendly in mankato but you can't argue with the the campus it's i mean it's basically like a big college campus that's only for football at tco performance stadium and luckily for me, I moved last year and I live a whole mile and uh, just over a mile away. So I've actually biked to camp the last few days. And uh, it's a really cool setup still. Uh, really great views for the, the fans there. Lots of stuff to do. I mean, there's activities for kids. There's all sorts of stuff going on in TCO Stadium during the practices. So they usually have um, this year, the, the walkthroughs aren't open to the public, but that's not. Um, you're not really missing much with that. It's it's literally just them walking through plays. But every afternoon, the action has been fast and furious. So it's been a really fun camp to watch. Yeah, and so from years past that you've you've obviously been you know doing this for a little bit. What's the pace like this year versus other years? And are you noticing you know significant changes in either how things are being run on defense and offense? I know we have a lot of new faces in the offensive coaching staff. Are you seeing things being done a lot differently there, or or are, this kind of feel like what a Zimmer training camp has, has started to feel like now? Well, I think it kind of started out, especially the first three, four days. You know, the first two days were without pads, so you, you figure that's going to be a little slow. The first couple of days of padded practice were still kind of just a lot of installations, not a whole lot of full speed stuff. But these last two, three days have really picked up with the action. A lot more 11 on 11, uh, a lot more team drills. There's still a lot of uh, breaking down individual things. I think the biggest thing we've noticed with the coaching changes is with the offense, uh, they started off, I wrote about this in my recaps, the first four days was exclusively under center. There were, there were no shotgun snaps. Now the last few days, it seems like uh, Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak are kind of adding pieces to the offense uh, each day. A lot more shotgun, a lot of formations. Uh, if, if you're a fan of that two tight end set, uh, there's been a lot of that. But there's still a lot of three wide receiver sets, things like that. I think one of the bigger things we've noticed uh, is new special teams coordinator is uh, Marwan Malouf. He is really he he specialized a lot of the special teams drill. Uh, with under Mike Prefer, it was a lot of team wide stuff, kind of some people sitting around and rotating around. With Malouf, he usually has two three, two or three things going on 
a time on the field at the beginning and end of practices. It's a lot more specialized. He, I've noticed he's done drills with uh, just trying out um, people. I know two or three times he's had the gunners and just trying to uh, keep the ball out of the end zone, things like that. There's a huge rotation at punt return and kick return. I don't think we've gleaned too much information from that. But it, it's definitely a change. And now that there are seven practices in, the, the action definitely is starting to ramp up. Awesome, man. That's what we like to hear. Uh, things ramping up. But I guess how have things gone day over day? Obviously, you know, we've been following along here. But what's been the feeling for you in terms of uh, the, the attitude around the team, the way things are going? We're hearing little stories pop out here and there. Zim's not happy with how the defense is performing. Uh, over the past few days, we've been hearing a lot of super complimentary things about the offense. Like, how are things going from a team vibe perspective? And I guess what's what are your big stories or takeaways that you're feeling about, um, you know, the way things are going with the team from what you've observed so far? Yeah, I think you know, most of the time with training camp, especially under Zimmer's uh, reign at, at head coach, it's usually the defense is always ahead of the offense, especially the, those first few days of practice. But I'd have to say up until the last couple of days, it was definitely almost all the offense. They were really efficient, uh, running a lot of play action, a lot of design bootlegs, I think, which is good for Kirk Cousins. I think that was kind of the biggest knock on him last year was his pocket presence. I think they're intentionally moving the pocket a lot for him. He's uh, been really on point throwing the ball the last few days. That, that sideline stuff to Diggs, I think it's one a day. He's, he's just dropping it in the bucket with him. But I will say the yesterday the defense it was right after that uh, Zimmer publicly called them out after the walkthrough yesterday they stepped up a little bit yesterday and uh, especially in the situational drills in Friday afternoon's practice the defense really dominated there was a, a situation where they gave the offense they were down a point on their own twenty eight with they put about two and a half minutes on the clock and the only yards the offense got were a holding penalty on Holton. Holton Hill and about a three yard out to Amir Abdullah. Everything else was all defense. There was a false start. It was kind of controversial. And uh, you could tell Cousins was a little frustrated at the end after uh, Daniil Hunter blew past uh, Rashad Hill for a, you know, a quote unquote sack. They, they aren't hitting the quarterbacks, of course, but that ended the drive and Cousins actually threw his helmet down. So it looks like the defense has heated uh, Mike Zimmer's words. In their, in the, and so it looks like the matchup tomorrow at the, the night practice should be really interesting. Man, okay. So, well, defense looking good. Offense looking better. Offensive line from what we're reading. What, uh, what, what's going on there? Because I'm, I'm hearing words like more cohesive. You're seeing, obviously, you know, highlight clips, but some really nice holes being opened up there. Um, what, what is your thought on, you know, obviously it's early days, but what are your thoughts on what's going on with this offense and, and Rick Dennison and, and what they're trying to install from a blocking perspective? Yeah, well, for the Vikings offensive line last year, the ball was set pretty darn low, especially in that interior line. Uh, Pat Elfline just didn't look like he had the strength after those offseason surgeries last year, and he just didn't have much. I don't think he played at all during training camp last year, and he kind of showed. And with uh, Tom Compton and Mike Remmer as a guard, the the upgrades are definitely apparent. Now having pushing Elfline out to left guard, and I think one of the biggest pleasant surprises so far of training camp has been the play of Josh Klein. He has been absolutely outstanding so far he actually got veteran rest day today uh, there was uh, like seven or eight uh, of the veteran players that didn't play today but so far the, for the first six practices he's looked really good and I think the zone blocking scheme has helped out a lot as well I think it's just a better fit for the kind of personnel that the Vikings have on the offensive line they don't have a ton of guys that are going to completely overpower you but I think a lot of these guys move laterally very well and they've been getting to the second uh, level of the defense 
pretty consistently throughout the first week of camp. And how's the pass blocking look? Because obviously, you know, the zone scheme, that's a, you know, this should be a big help for Dalvin, his production. And, you know, there's a lot of hype around Dalvin, be it from the team, be it from fantasy football circles and, and the hope for what the scheme can do for him. But um, obviously, we know that this team is going to go as Kirk Cousins goes. When they have uh, had to sit back and, and, and block the pass rushers for the Vikings, uh, how are they looking? I'm pretty good overall. And you're right. You're 100% right about Dalvin Cook. He has looked, I mean, you have to add that caveat that when healthy with Dalvin Cook because he's missed, I think, more games than he's played. I think he's played 15 and missed 17 throughout the first two years of his career. But if he is healthy, he looks amazing behind this line. He's just cutting through it. It's, he's biding his time behind that zone blocking, and all of a sudden he's in the, second, in the secondary. So if the, he can stay healthy and the blocking scheme can really help him. They have the pass blocking. It's been a little bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, when you're going against Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin and that Vikings defensive line, they're going to make a lot of teams look bad uh, during the pass rush. But I think overall they've held up pretty well. I know um, Brian O'Neill, he's been doing a really good job at least staying in front of Daniil Hunter. There's a couple times where Hunter just basically overpowered him and shoved him back, which is still uh, part of O'Neill's game that he has to work on. But other, overall, he's done pretty well. Riley Reef has kind of been up and down, but again, when you're going against Griffin and Hunter, people um, they'll uh, they'll make you look bad every once in a while. I think Garrett Bradbury has acquitted himself pretty well so far in the pass blocking, and they're really helping out each other a little better in the in the middle. I've seen a couple double teams that uh, stop some stunts, and uh, I got to give some credit to Amir Abdullah the last couple of days. His blitz pickup there was a the the highlight that's going around today from camp was another great pass from Cousins down the left sideline to Diggs. That doesn't happen if Abdullah doesn't pick it up because the Kendricks and Barr did their classic, you know, the sugaring the A gap, and they both came up the middle. Abdullah is able to pick it up and allow Cousins to complete that pass. So it's better. There's still some work to be done, I think, and especially with the the second team, they've they've been struggling a little bit here and there. Uh, Rashad Hill's been kind of a mixed bag. He was getting a lot of run with the ones and didn't perform all that well. But I think overall, you have to be happy with the progress that it appears the offensive line has made, especially since Sweet. last year. Well, you just touched on something that has been uh, probably, <laughs> I guess, the second after offensive line. One of the things that's starting to to, to come up a little bit more based on what I'm, I'm seeing and reading and the people I'm talking to a little bit here is, is the depth of the Vikings. So in years past, one of the things we really prided ourselves on as the team was being built is that you know, we had a lot of really deep units. You look at the pass rushers and you had, you know, your starters of, you know, Everson Griffin, Brian Robertson, but you had a Daniel Hunter who was developing that you could see was going to be next another star. The cornerback classes, the cornerbacks have always been deep because Zimmer, you know, he has to get one every year and so on and so forth. But as we get into right. this year, um, you start to look around the team and, and there's some places, you know, wide receiver being one, the defensive line being another place uh, where that depth, doesn't look as great as maybe it has in years past as you're starting to look at things in camp are there any names in any of those places where people are worried that uh that we should really start to pay attention to any people who are really starting to equip themselves um in a way that maybe lets us see that we have some other superstars or or you know at least competent starters that are out there that we might not have already known about yeah i think starting with the defensive line it's been Tough to really read in too much because they've been pretty banged up. Tayshawn Bauer looks like he's going to be out for the year because he tore his Achilles working out before the season. Um, uh, Shamar Stefan finally came back today. He didn't get a whole lot of action. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he got any 11-on-11 reps, but he at least was in pads and he's off the NFI list. 
Linval Joseph has been out there and in pads every day, but he has done pretty much next to nothing. So they're still working him back pretty slowly. But there have been a couple standout performances there. I think um, Afadi Odenabo has done a really good job. He got some run with the ones today since uh, Griffin was sitting out. I think he's going to be, a, a, you know, he was kind of a question whether or not he was even going to make the 53. Right now, it, it seems to me at least like he's going to be a lock, and he, I think he might be a pretty decent part of that rotation. I think um, Julio Johnson has been playing a lot of the nose when uh, Joseph is out. So he's been getting most, mostly reps with the ones. And he's acquitted himself really well. Uh, him and Bradbury have had some great one-on-one battles with the, uh, going about 50-50 there. And he's causing some trouble in the middle. Uh, with the three technique, uh, it's been Jalen Holmes, who I think may have been hurt a little bit today. So we'll have to see an update on that. Been Hercules Mataafa. They've been kind of rotating, maybe kind of alternating switching days uh, with the first team. And both of them have had some flashes. Uh, Mataafa, he's really quick off that first line. But he's still struggling a little bit. I mean, he's as much weight as he's put on in the offseason. He's still pretty undersized, especially for the middle of that line. Um, so he's getting kind of smothered every once in a while if he doesn't get off the line right away. He's still getting in the backfield every once in a while. And I think Holmes has done pretty well in camp as well. But the wide receivers, that is a definite concern with the depth. It's You have Thielen Diggs, of course. That's, for my money, the best one-two punch in the NFL. And after that, it gets pretty dicey. I think Chad Beebe's pretty much emerged as the third wide receiver for sure. He's kind of been uh, head and shoulders above the, the competition there. He's, and I think he's just a good fit for that kind of underneath wide receiver. He is really tough to, to cover in those first 10 yards. He's so quick underneath. He's had a couple drops, but overall a pretty good camp. And after that, for me, man, it's been pretty disappointing. I think there was a lot of young talent. Um, I was really excited about Dylan Mitchell. Uh, his hands were a concern coming out of college, and they're definitely still a concern so far in camp. He's had a bunch of drops. Uh, Davion Davis has been kind of up and down as well. He's had a couple drops. I think um, Jordan Taylor, I really like the film on him when the Vikings picked him up, but it um, hasn't come to fruition as much as I'd hoped, I guess, in camp. He's, he's tall, and he's, he's really slender when you look at him out there, and he's having a little problem um, just kind of getting separation, especially at the top of routes. I know... Um, Holton Hill and Mackenzie Alexander have kind of jumped a couple of his routes just because he's not getting that physicality and getting the space at the top of his routes. And um, so that's that's a, probably, I wasn't as concerned coming into camp, but that the wide receiver depth, I mean, those, you know, four through six positions, again, you're not going to get a ton of snaps, especially when the Vikings are running, running a lot of these two tight end sets in camp. But it makes you nervous. I mean, if, if Diggs and Thielen miss any amount of time this season, it's going to be kind of tough sledding for the other guys. Is, is Treadwell still on the team? Is he getting run? Like last year, last year the PR machine <laughs> oh, was yeah. uh, was oh, ramped sorry. all the I way forgot. up. It looked like, you know, this was that was the year that, you know, things were supposed to click. But this year it just seems that he has been completely relegated to, I guess you can tell me, which team is he running with? Is he getting any run? Is he going to be on the final 53 from what you've seen so far? Well, he's getting run, and it's almost exclusively with the second team. He is rotating in, especially now today with Thielen sitting out. I think there was, you know, he he did get some run with the ones. He's he's had good flashes. He's been okay. Um, he's been fine, I guess. Um, if he lined up against Tarek Alexander, who's at the back end of the cornerback depth chart, he'd be great. <laughs> he's he's really burned uh, Terrence Alexander a whole bunch of times. But it's just, I it, he doesn't really do a whole lot in the wide receiver area that stood out what i will give him credit for is i don't know if we got another cordero patterson on our hands but he has done really well in special teams this this training camp he's been a punt gunner and he's been in and around the play uh just about every time they're doing special teams drills 
that's pretty disappointing when you're a first round draft pick and that's kind of your claim to fame in your fourth season, but that's kind of where we are. Personally, I, it's just whether they're not the Vikings. I mean, the, the thing is, the, the two things that Treadwell has going for him is there is some dead cap money if the Vikings part ways with him here. They save a few bucks in the short term, but I think it's still like $2.5 million of dead cap. And the Vikings have all, you know, notoriously usually tried to avoid that at all costs. But now it's, it's getting to, and the, just that, like I was talking about before, the back end of that wide receiver depth chart is just, it's, it's pretty murky right now. So if Treadwell has a couple good preseason games, I could see him sticking around. But um, I guess the, the one receiver I could, that has kind of started separating himself a little, little bit is old BC Johnson. He's had a couple nice catches in team drills. His individual drills haven't been great. He's had a couple drops and hasn't looked super sharp running routes. But when he lines up against a defense, he's starting to emerge a little bit. But, again, I'd like to see a couple preseason games before I, I make any. All uh, right. And we're talking wide receivers. So we're going to go to the next position. We're going to talk about quarterback, but we're not going to talk about Kirk Cousins because uh... – what I've been seeing so far of uh, Kyle Sloter uh, is, is is not looking promising. There's been a couple clips of him just throwing on air and just completely throwing it out of bounds, looking a bit Eli Manning-esque out there, and uh, makes me nervous. Makes me nervous. Uh, is this just um, maybe highlights being overblown, or is it really as bad as as what we've been led to believe is going on with Kyle Sloter so far this uh, this offseason? Man, I mean, I thought going into camp, I thought Sloter was a kind of a shoe in to be on the 53 and had probably the best chance out of the other backups to be the second quarterback. But that just has not been the case so far in camp. You know, granted, last year, Sloter had a pretty um, below average camp and practices and then showed out in the actual game. So maybe he can do that again. But at this point, I don't know if he's going to get a ton of reps before like the third or fourth quarter of a lot of these games just because um, Sean Mannion seems to be the back the QB2 right now. He's getting the second most reps behind Cousins. He's running mostly with the second team. He's been okay. I mean, it's it's one of those if Cousins gets hurt, I'm I'm really dreading anything that the Vikings offense can do. Mannion has um played a little better the last couple of days. Uh he's had a couple of good red zone reps. He's thrown a deep ball pretty well so far, but I mean, again, nothing to get too excited about. But Sloter, man, he just he'll have a few good throws every practice where it's like right on the money. He had a couple really nice ones today, but then he just has two or three head scratchers in a row. Yesterday he had back to back passes in eleven on eleven that were just ducks into double coverage and one that Wharton definitely should have intercepted. And today uh he had one out in the flat uh to CJ Ham and Kentrell Brothers was right there and he basically just threw it right to Brothers. So he is really struggling. He he stepped up into a sack when there was basically no pressure on him. With and this, again, this is mostly with the third team too. So it's not like he's facing all these elite defenders either. It, it's he's just struggling. I know um, he's made a couple public statements where it was kind of well, Sean Mannion's getting all the snaps. I can only do so much. But whenever he's out there, he's isn't doing so much. So it's it's a little bit, that I mean that's got to be one of the, my biggest disappointments so far in camp. I really thought he would kind of step up and take the reins when, in this uh, quarterback competition. I do have to give uh, Jake Browning some credit though. He's looked pretty good overall. He's been much more accurate than Sloter. His deep ball was kind of a concern coming out of college, and it's been up and down kind of. But everything in the intermediate and short, he's been pretty accurate. Shows some pretty good pocket presence, and he's. Um, I mean, I don't think it's even really close. I think he's outperformed Sloter by quite a bit. And he is getting 
I would say more reps than Slaughter right now too. So it doesn't look good for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if it went uh, right now. I mean, if I had to choose the depth chart one weekend, of course, we got a lot of football to play before they have to make the final 53. I think I would go Cousins, Mannion, wow. and Browning right now. Okay. I know. Wow. I, 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 I noticed something in your that. article today that I wanted to ask you about. It looked like Udo, uh, JR's guy that – I think JR was the only person on Vikings Twitter who even knew who that was before the draft, was super excited about us, us drafting for the offensive line. Notice that he was getting some reps at uh, with, with the second team. Has he looked okay, or what's, been go- what's going on with him? Is he actually kind of moving up the depth chart, or was that just a matter of guys sitting so he got some, some extra reps today? I think it was more a matter of guys sitting, because when you have people like Reef and Klein, that just kind of bumped everyone up. Um, Drew Samia got uh, a, his first reps with the second team. And he's kind of, that was, I've been asked a ton about him. I think a lot of people are pretty high on him. Again, I think Samia is a, a bit of a project still. And I think the team is bringing him along slowly. I think it's the same with Udo too. You know, the, the pride of e, the football powerhouse, Elon College. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's definitely got the size. He looks like an offensive lineman. He's definitely there. He's got some strength too. I think it's just going to be more polishing up his technique. He got uh, beat a couple times today by Stacy Keeley in the when they were both facing off as part of the second team. I think personally, right now, I think Udo would just make he'd make about a perfect practice squad candidate. I don't think he's quite ready for prime time, but I can see some flashes of if he can get some more development in, he could maybe be a productive. All right, talk to me road. about the tight end position because. Uh... Hearing a lot of good things there. You know, Cousins throwing it up, contested catches by Rudolph, uh, Gronklin, as Miles likes to refer to him, Tyler Conklin coming along. Um, what's yeah. going on with the tight end positions as uh, has been referred to on Vikings Twitter as maybe the deepest tight end group in all of the NFL? Are they really showing out out there? <laughs> I don't know about deepest in the NFL, but it has been a surprisingly deep group. I thought basically Brandon Dillon and Cole Hickutini were nothing more than kind of camp bodies. and But they have both had some really nice moments. Uh, I know uh, Zimmer praised Dylan, I think it was yesterday, without kind of being prompted. So that's that's usually a good sign when the, the head coach is praising you without anyone even asking you a question about him. And I think uh, the, the other guys have definitely stepped up because we still haven't seen David Morgan yet. He's still on the, the pup list. So the other guys are getting a lot more opportunities, and they're doing well with it. And I uh, – the rapport between Cousins and Rudolph is noticeably different this year. And Cousins had some quotes the other day about how he just kind of needs to trust Rudolph, especially in that red zone, because even when he doesn't look like he's open, Rudolph has a good, uh, a good tendency to get up there. And he had a couple, he had a really nice uh, end zone reception where he got his uh, toe tap in the back of the end zone. And he's had a couple of really nice corner routes as well over the linebackers that Cousins has dropped right in the bucket to him as well. And Conklin, I thought he had a little bit of a slow start uh, to the practice first couple of days, but he's really come on lately. His blocking has gotten better as the as the week progressed. And he's made a couple of really nice catch, catches as well. So of all the position groups I've seen thus far at camp, I think that one has kind of the, been the best pleasant surprise. I think... I still think it's going to be – I think the team will keep four tight ends. I think it's going to be Conklin, Rudolph, Smith, and Morgan. But, I, I mean, Hikutini and Dylan are doing everything they can with those reps. And I, I got to touch on Irv Smith. They're really lining him up all over the place. Just some of these formations are – they just seem so exciting. But he's – Smith is doing some H-back. He's going out wide. He's being in line, and he's doing a lining up in the slot too. And they're putting him in motion all over the place. He isn't getting a ton of targets so far in practice, but he's doing fine with the what he's getting. 
And it, I think it's just another weapon in the arsenal for the Vikings. And for what this team seems to want yeah, to do with this Irv season, Smith, I think the, the, really the quote that I read, uh, most latest quote I read about him was that uh, he was swimming a little bit or his head was swimming and he was, uh, I don't know if he was struggling, but there was just a lot for him to take in and he was maybe thinking a bit too much. Is that something that you're able to observe while right. you're watching live? Yeah, I could see that a little bit in the routes. And again, they are lining him up all over the place. So especially for a rookie, that's got to be a lot to absorb. Some, some of the routes could probably be sharper. And again, he's not getting a ton of targets. I think they're probably throwing a little more to Conklin and they're definitely throwing more to Rudolph through the first week. But I think he's coming along pretty well, and they obviously want him involved in this offense. So I, hopefully he'll have a couple good performances in the preseason game, and I think he can hit the ground running. I mean, starting in week one, if they're running this many, as many multiple tight end sets as they have been in camp. All I right, well, we're going to wrap this thing up on, obviously, the highest of high notes, talking about the position everyone loves to talk about the absolute most. Tell me about... What's going on with the kickers? Because it seems like the news that comes out is uh, less than ideal. And kickers have hurt us very badly in recent years. So uh, talk to me, man. Tell me what's going on. And uh, are we going to be shopping for another kicker again? Well, um, <laughs> Matt Weil punted really good today. He had a bunch of – they did a <laughs> – so they had a bunch of uh, punts. And he, I think he had about seven or eight in a row today where the – Either it went out of bounds or the the punt team downed it within the 10. So he had a good day. But, yeah, Bailey, uh, I have been keeping uh, track. I've been uh, of where he's kicking, how far he's kicking, and how many he's made. And so I can give you the stats right now. He is 21 of 28 thus far in camp, which is not ideal. 75% for a guy that was, I believe, in the upper 80s when he came to the team. Not great. However, it hasn't. I can't put all the blame on Bailey because he has been going through a rotating cast of not only long snapper between Kevin McDermott and Austin Cutting, but uh, the team has been going through a lot of different holders as well. Um, to, we've had Phelan holding for live kicks. Uh, BB held the last three today. And so it's been a little bit of a rotating cast. The one tendency I have noticed so far, um, of those seven misses, six of them have come from the right hash mark. Everything else, so he's only missed one other kick from kicking in the middle of the field or the left half. And the, uh, I believe, I want to say five of the seven were wide right as well. So it seems like whenever the timing or Bailey's timing or the snap or the hold is a little bit off, he, he tends to push it a little bit. So that's, I don't know if that's good that they're, they're kind of being consistent with his misses rather than just kind of spraying it all over. But it's it's a concern. I don't know if it's time to panic quite yet, uh, but it's it's definitely not a shoe in that Bailey is going to be going to have the job, especially with the history the Vikings have with kicker and the history that Mike Zimmer has with kickers. Obviously, we uh, the Vikings drafted just Carlson uh, last year, and he lasted all of two games. So I I don't know if the leash will be that short for Bailey, but it'd really nice be nice if he can uh, straighten it out a little bit and kind of make more of his kicks going going down the stretch here in training camp. Have I they given any indication as to when maybe they, they, they will look to kind of lock down that platoon and, and let them start working together and getting the timing down and all of those things, given, you know, how much of the kicking game is, you know, timing and, and, and feel for the people that you're working with? They haven't yet. And with how much they're rotating and I, one of the first things when, when the specialists come out, they're usually one of the first groups out in camp and, They've been doing simultaneous snaps and simultaneous holds with different people. 
So it can't be easy for Bailey, especially you know after a not so great finish to the season last year, to have this kind of rotating cast. So hopefully they will get the the platoon sorted out sooner rather than later. But I'm guessing that'll probably be at least a couple preseason games in before we see kind of a consistent. And Wile has been the holder for most of the kicks, but they are still rotating in. I think this is just part of Maloof with, I mean, he has, I think, usually most days it's 10 or 11 punt returners and about six or seven kick returners when they do those drills. So I think Maloof at this point is just kind of leaving no stone unturned and he wants to get that best platoon. But yeah, eventually you're going to have to get some sort of consistency before the season starts because you don't want this to we can't uh, do that bite again. you in the butt. We can't do it again. Well, Eric, games actually as, uh, as always, thank you for making time. Thank you for coming no. on. Uh, who's the player you're most excited to see at the night practice tomorrow? Who are you going to be looking at? Or I guess well, by the time this drops, the night practice tonight, who are you, uh, who are you really going to be uh, keying on, on to see what kind of game they have? Well, I want to see one of these wide receivers. You know, the in that second group kind of stand out. I guess at this point I don't really care. My Dylan Mitchell was my preseason, uh, Same. my, my pre-training camp. You know, pick so for Mr. I, I wasn't loving any of what you were saying there. right there because he, he was also a, my he, pre, yes, my uh, my yeah. pre-camp pick. And uh, yeah, it's not looking so good uh, for me so far. Not looking good. <laughs> yeah, no. If you picked any of the receivers, I don't think it's going to be good. Um, I think that just the battles between them and the secondary, uh, two people that we haven't discussed yet that are having an amazing camp, I think, so far, Mackenzie Alexander and J. Ron Curse. Both of those Clemson guys have really stepped up. Mackenzie looks really comfortable in that slot position now, and Zimmer has already commented on his maturity and his work ethic being improved this season. And J. Ron Curse just seems like he's it's a lot less reactionary and he's, a lot, he's anticipating a lot more. So I think the battles in the secondary should be really interesting. And to see if uh, the battles in the trenches as well, because I think it, between the um, the offensive line, if they're going a little more full speed tomorrow night, to see if they can open some holes for Dale and uh, Madison. That yeah, I'm not even sure which unit. I guess I want the offense to. Do, I, I want the offense to win. I mean, I feel like Zimmer will get the defense where they want to go. I, I want this offense to, you know, have a swagger going into the regular season. So, uh, yeah, go go Kirk, as Eric says. Uh, the other Eric, Doctor Eric, I guess, says let her rip. Uh, yeah, so hoping the offense uh, lights them up. Zim has some, uh, some bulletin board material for that defense as we get into next week. But, uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming through. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you soon as uh, you are the only one. You're the Highlander of Daily Norseman as we, uh, we do this training camp day. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm able to do it. I'm glad uh, it worked out with my day job that I could uh, cover just about that thing. As of right now, I'm scheduled to make every practice, so it's, it's exciting to be able to provide all the updates, and it's exciting to see it in person, just to watch everything unfold. I think we're going to learn a lot.